Great day to you all, and welcome to the X Factors to Success podcast show. I am your host, Ruggiero Fratarcangeli, also known as the G-Man. And today we have another awesome guest on our show. Before we introduce you to him, as a reminder, the X Factors to your success consist of five major pillars, faith, family and friends, fitness, finance, and fun. And today our guest will be talking primarily into the factor of the fitness and uh, the spiritual fitness and the physical fitness and I'm so excited to have him on my show. So without further ado, we have Eugene Versalis, is a global wellness entrepreneur, formerly an executive at a leading boutique coaching company. He now speaks to groups, runs embodied skills, workshops, and coaches high performance to do brilliant work and communicate for success. Prior, he spent six years traveling and mentoring with world leaders in NLP, neuro-linguistical programming, that is, constellation work, and hypnosis. He's also an India-trained Hatha yoga teacher. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest, your guest, Eugene Vesalis. Eugene, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. So, uh, I, first of all, I want to thank you very much for, for uh, spending uh, the next uh, 30 to 45 minutes uh, of your time to be on this show. And uh, I'm excited to share your story and your work to the world and to my audience. And uh, we'll have some fun today. So, uh, welcome. Let's do it. Thank you. Awesome. So, Eugene, I, uh, I shared a quick overview on your uh, bio. Can you add anything else to your bio? What, what, what is Eugene all about? Tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing and what's happening in your world. I help people through transitions and I help people heal. And as humans, we're always going through some version of that, whether we're entrepreneurs or whether we're laying bricks. And so uh, we get into all the good stuff in one-on-one coaching, again, whether executives, high performers, or somebody just trying to get through their day. Um, we get into the stuff that maybe you think about when you put your head on the pillow at night, right before you go to sleep, the stuff that keeps people up. That's the currency of some of the work that we do. So there's that portion, and then there's uh, the portion of being with people, uh, speaking to groups, helping people uh, climb out of their head and descend into their body, because that's where a lot of the good stuff mm. lives. That's where we really have this like embodiment experience. A lot of humanity is disembodied. For example, like they're out of the body, either because of trauma, because of genetics or injury, or, or trying to avoid chronic pain. But one interesting thing that uh, pervades all of my work is how do you get back into a place of comfort, resilience, and power? I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Eugene, you uh, definitely uh, have uh, a way of uh, presenting your your work, and, and I see that you have a, a total passion to it. Can you share with us uh, the your journey of success? And again, this is the X factors to success and uh, uh, identifying the word of success and someone listened to this saying, wow, that's pretty deep here. So how do you, how would you define how you have been successful in this type of work? Can you give me, maybe go, go back a little bit uh, on some of your preliminary work that you've been doing or again, prior to, uh, to your, your work here, you spent time with uh, uh, a leading boutique coaching company. Did that help you also in your success and what you're doing now? 
Well, it's an interesting story because it it came out of hardship. This this journey kind of I was propelled after uh, being in a near death car accident with a drunk truck driver on the highway, oh surviving that, and then thereafter having to to put together some of the the you know what do you do after that uh, you kind of sit with the pain but you also sit with deeper questions about um well, why did that happen uh and what now in other words what do i do with a second chance and when you get a second chance you know it's you know you ain't, you ain't getting a third chance so mm -hmm. you better do something meaningful wow. with this <laughs> but simultaneously as a result of that i was sat with a grand confusion like what the who am I? Like why am I here? You know all those fun and light questions. And I finally was sick of wrestling with it in my own head. And I thought, okay, why don't I find the people? If I don't know anything, why don't I find the people who do? So I basically spent uh, six, seven years traveling the world and looking for the so-called gurus of self-development. Okay. I thought they they must know something. <laughs> sure. But by nature, I'm also a skeptic, and I always look to the person before I look to what they're saying. So I wanted to really also check in and see, are these people real? And more importantly, are they right? And so that entire uh, journey and the thing that I do for people today is a result of what ended up happening on that journey, which, is, was, which was I ended up uh, meeting some of these so-called gurus and ultimately being mentored, taken under their wing, and taught skills. And these skills helped transform my life. And then out of gratitude and passion, I thought, hey, I think I should do this for others. Okay. You find your calling, you find your, uh, your clarity of purpose in your journey yeah. on this earth, yeah. in a physical form, in our spiritual being in this physical form. Can you share with us, uh, Eugene, what's one thing that... Uh, the audience can maybe, uh, by listening to this, they can maybe find some clarity in their journey. Because again, with all the noise in the world, as you indicated, we're so yeah. bombarded with social media, TV, radio, politics. What's one thing that may, you may share with us that can clarify our thoughts and the reason who are we and why we do what we do? Well, that's a huge question, and I think I think we might need uh, hours upon right. hours. Maybe we we'll take a little bit of it. <laughs> I think on a functional level, because uh, I've I've lived abroad quite a bit, and I've also noticed that um, uh, North, let's just say Western society, over time, for whatever reason, we spend a lot of times in our heads, and to feel, to really feel. For whatever reason, and we're even taught this uh, through our movies and as children, to feel is dangerous or to feel is uncomfortable. So oftentimes we don't want to sit with our feelings. It's, I mean, people will c construct entire empires so that they don't have to sit and really feel what's under the surface. Hmm. But there are different ways that you can both uh, be more productive, be more efficient, etc., and then at the same time also feel better. One of those ways is to, whatever you're doing, pause, find a quiet place. It could be even a bathroom stall, to be honest, if you're, if you're busy at work. Find a quiet place and 
sit there for a few minutes. You might call this the beginning of a meditation. Uh, you can do this anywhere. Turn your attention inwards. In other, in other words, just begin to feel what's, what are the sensations that are going on inside your body. But then bring your attention to your face. The face is always exposed. It's walking around. People see it. You see them. A lot of um, tension happens in the muscles of the face. See what happens when you relax the forehead. You relax the little muscles on the side of your eyes, on the side of your mouth. But then also your tongue. We don't really think about our tongues. Mm. But notice the quality of your tongue in your mouth. Where is it? Is it touching the roof of your mouth? Is it on the bottom of your jaw? Is it what is the quality of the tongue itself? Is it tight? And just notice what happens if you were to relax the tongue. So what's interesting about the tongue is that it's not connected structurally to any bone in our body. Right. And then as a result, it's also neurologically connected to the entirety of our body. So if you relax the tongue, you can begin the relaxation response. As soon as you begin that, the rest of your body can begin to follow. Interesting. Eugene, uh, I uh, can relate to that because this, this week I happened to be traveling on a business trip and I went back to a monastery, a monk monastery. This is a silence, a silent okay. monastery up in uh, Spencer, Massachusetts uh, back in December of 2018. And this week, I happened to be traveling through there. I made it a point to go back there again. As soon as I drove up to the grounds of the monastery through the gates, the sense of contemplation, sense of quietness, and the sense of silence. I got out of my car. I drove, uh, got into the, uh, the chapel, into the uh, monastery. And the monks, the 46 monks there, were chanting and praying. And... One of the things I learned back in December is to be in be centered and listen to the voice within. And the power of silence is just amazing. I just rejuvenated myself again. And I have to totally agree. And those of you who are listening, folks, what Eugene is saying is truly, truly amazing. And again, his work is phenomenal, is what I see and read about and, and hear about his work, that being in contemplation, being centered, and to listen to the voice within. I'm learning more in the last three months how to be in total silence, but listening to the voice of silence. It's totally amazing. So you've been doing these these retreats, as I understand, and I've seen some of your uh, posting on social media um, in a beautiful, beautiful South American area like Sao Paulo, Brazil, I think you were in just recently. Yeah, I was just in Sao Paulo, but that was that was for a, a conference. The retreats are a little different, but it's all in the same area okay. of, of helping people do better. Okay. So in these retreats, that I think you're planning to do one right now in the next few months. Can you talk about that? Maybe that the audience might be interested in, in listening to what you have to say and maybe uh, have an opportunity to uh, engage in, in your retreat. Can you tell us more about that? Well... I think about where people are and where I've been, and that is busy, trying to drive results, making money, thinking about a lot of logistics. Mm. And if you do that for a long enough time, it can be tiring. And I think the, the natural human experience is the relaxation 
experience. Babies are born, and it's just like naturally um, implicit that they know how to relax. But over time, we're taught the opposite of that. We're taught go, 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 push, 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 do better, more results, and you'll be better. This is a six-day, five-night opportunity to begin to reverse some of that. It happens in a beautiful place, Mykonos, Greece. I just happen to be Greek. My father is from Mykonos. My mother was a Danish tourist. My father was a local. That's how I happened <laughs> oh. to come into the world. Beautiful. Uh, I spent a lot of time growing up in Mykonos, spent my summers there. And it's not only a beautiful place visually, but there is something special that happens when you're there and you can experience the sun, the wind, mm. sun, the, the sand. Yes. You know, the it's reconnecting tense, and then it's reconnecting to your body. So what happens, for example, and how can you use your body to do better at work? How can you relax yourself when you need to on cue so that you can perform better? How can you expand your sense of who you are? And this, this, this applies also to leadership, for example. Right. They say that the best leaders are the ones that have a somatic experience, as in their body energy. When they walk into a room, they expand that energy so it meets all four corners of the space. But at the same time, they lead with kindness, as it were, to expand through their heart. And behind them, they have a feeling of not being alone. So they've got, for example, their invisible mentors, the people who have influenced them. They don't come alone. So, for example, that's also something that you might learn there. In addition to yoga, meditation, and hypnotic healing. It's, it's putting you back in contact okay. with yourself and equipping you with resources and skills so that when you go back to that crazy world, you can begin to respond in a new way. Because you've already done the like push hard, try hard, get results, but it, it has an energetic cost. So what about doing maybe a little less pushing and a little more results getting and feeling a little better in the process? Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Eugene, you um, mentioned about leadership. Can you share with us an example of leaders that you think that ha exude that energy? I mean, I have some a few in mind as you were uh, explaining that this is such a valuable tool and how leaders project themselves. Can you uh, share with us what few leaders do you think exude that energy that brings along their mentors with them? Yeah. Um, well, so just to be clear, that's a technique that you can actually do anytime you're going to talk to a group. And that could be useful for all the listeners is that, for example, anytime I show up to a big group, right. I might imagine that I'm standing there in front of the group. I'm connecting with them through my head through my heart and through uh, this hara point, which is three finger widths below my belly button. So it's basically like three really strong energy centers. And I want to connect on, on head, on heart, and on like deep, on like a stomach level, like the gut level. Right. You mean, so I'm imagining. You mean like the chakras? I mean, for those individuals who know the chakra levels? Yeah, yeah, but they're the simplified chakras. Okay. But it, it's it's just that I want to I want to talk in a way that it makes sense to people. It touches them emotionally, and it gives them like a gut feeling of shit. We got to do something. Like let's let's motivate to action. Okay. 
And so to return to your question, the, the people who I, I really admire, first and foremost, been said a million times, but Martin Luther King. And I, I, I don't take things lightly in the sense of like, oh, well, hey, this is a leader, so, you know, he's great. But like, look at the person. So look at how he stands. Look at how he communicates. Look at the quality of the words that he chooses. Look at the pauses between his sounds. Look at how you feel like in your own body as a response to that. All of that is like a, a subtlety of leadership. And then upon that comes your perspective. Like, what do you believe about the world? What is your message? And how are you in an integrated way? bringing people along for the ride. It makes their life easier. People don't want to think in general. Thinking's tough, like me included. If somebody can simplify my life, I say, bring it on. Okay, yeah. But so, like, uh, I look at Martin Luther King. I look at Nelson Mandela. I look at people who are involved with peace. But I also look at, in terms of leadership, like mothers and fathers of families. you got to lead kids. you got four kids, right? I do. I do. That's a leader right there. Every day you have to, in some way, be fighting for your perspective. And it's your perspective which is going to win. Let's say, for example, over uh, when, when the kids are young, uh, they're, they're in, in middle or high school, they're facing peer pressure, they're facing drug pressure, they're facing social media pressure. And it, as a parent, for example, it's your perspectives that have to be like, hey, choose Choose exercise, choose good people, choose good food to nourish yourself instead of all that other crap. Correct. Leadership is every day, everywhere, for everyone. I love it. Would you um, share with us any of the so-called uh, called uh, corporate leaders out there with big organizations? Who do you think that may have, in, in, your, in your opinion, your observation that you think? I think Ray, I think Ray Dalio oh, man. Is, a, is a superior man. He's a superior human. He's he's cool. Yes. And he's been through the fire and he has perspectives which move him away from level of significance. Like that's something that really traps leaders is like, hey, I have to be seen. I have to be important. This is about me. And he's really in service and he's really about original thought, questioning the tough stuff. Yeah. And those of you out there who don't know what, who Ray Dalio is, he's a big financial guru out there. Uh, started in the early '70s, and he has one of the uh, hedge, one of the most, uh, I guess, uh, largest hedge fund out there in, in the world. Yep. But you hardly yep. hear him out there. He was on also. He was featured by, uh, uh, I'm sure all of you know about it, Tony Robbins. Uh, a few years ago, had uh, the Art of Mastery, Mastery Your uh, Financial whatever title was, and he spent a lot of time with Ray Dalio, uh, understanding with, with the Warren Buffetts and whatnot. Again, for those, for those individuals who want wealth, those who individuals want to accumulate the, the finance part of the X factors to success. But I, I appreciate you giving that feedback because Ray Dalio is one of the guys I've been studying also lately and seeing his point of view. So uh, thank you for uh, reconfirming that I am following the right uh, leaders. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you. What do you think about, since we're on this topic, uh, Richard Branson. So, well, I, I so I've listened to uh, years ago. I listened to his audiobook. I don't remember the title of it, but I, I I looked at how he grew into the human who he is today, and he embraced risk. He did something unusual. 
he followed a path which was perhaps uh, not uh, what's the expression? Um, it wasn't blazed. It wasn't a tra- it wasn't a trail that was already blazed. Yeah, typical uh, you know uh, routine direction milestone to achieve his goals. And he allowed himself to be soft. Like if you see him and the way he interacts with people, like I can only imagine the number of people who are barking up his tree to get attention by one of the world's best businessmen. Sure. But I look at he's at peace and there's a certain level of integration that I just tip my hat. I agree. Uh, Over 400 companies, you say, how does he manage that? And he allows the people as his leadership to get to take autonomy. Uh, autonomous uh, leadership in their own way to bring forth the success that he's achieved. But he's having fun. I see yeah. him also as a person having fun. And again, one of my X factors to success is the fun factor. We, in the Western world, as you indicated, I apologize. Well, that could be actually somebody fun calling for you. Uh, you know what? I, I, I it, <laughs> it might be, but I, I totally apologize on this year. Okay. Uh, oh, this is a, a interesting because the phone never ever rings in my studio, I, I believe in coincidences. Oh, I that's interesting. <laughs> maybe we should take them on air right now. Maybe it's Ray Dalio or, or Richard Branson. <laughs> so, so yeah, just the, uh, the 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 fun factor that we fail to enjoy our our true life in this journey in the physical form uh, on this earth. And I see that the the Richard Branson, he's out there, he's enjoying, he embraces also every level of human being out there. And yeah. and um, so I think we need more leadership like that. So in your work, have you had corporate leaders attending your uh, your retreats or any of the work that you've done? Some. Okay. And I've had, uh, I think it, before we go to titles, I think, again, looking at the person, you have people who are, open and willing to growth. That is one of my precursors to spending time in any capacity. Are you open and willing to improve who you are today? Whatever that means. Because by definition of being human, you got stuff to work on, right. don't we? Okay. Good. And to your point about fun, right? I once had a mentor who told me, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I like that. And the work that you're doing, I see that you are having fun. And I see from your social media feeds also when you're doing your little video vlogs and you you exude fun as well wherever you are out there, uh, Eugene. So, And I think that's also your nature of, and it's my observation, being and lived in different parts of the world, and especially that you come from a... Uh, a Latin background, you were born in Greece and you spent time in Greece also and other parts of the world. So would you say culture has a another factor in the fun factor in the personality? Well, just, yeah. just to be clear, I was born in the States, but my dad is Greek, my mother is Danish, and so by virtue of birth, I grew up in a tri-cultural household. Oh, okay. And that's kind of crazy to like have to reconcile three very different perspectives all at once. Ooh. Passionate Mediterranean, sensible and soft Scandinavian, and America's kind of like that, you know, entrepreneurial, make it happen. <laughs> okay, not not enough of the clarity. Appreciate that there. And well, you know what? Since we're at it, I know we're jumping around. This is fun because this is uh, unscripted. But you speak Italian also. Anche it- eh, italiano. Ha, eh, how diciamo you... che dipende del giorno. Okay. Certo. Bravo. E come mai? 
how 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 did you end up also exposing yourself to the Italian language? So uh, I went to at some point I thought any well just to give you a general understanding of how I think any time I begin to get a so-called bored, I, I believe it's like my environment telling me it's time for a new growth stage. Mm. And it's uncomfortable as hell, but I heed that call. So at that time, I was getting all the signals of, hey, I was being uh, repetitious. I was doing the same and the same time to throw uh, a wrench in the mix intentionally. So I went to live in Argentina. And it just so happens when I got there, I was like, what would improve or expand this cultural experience? And it was uh, living with some other people. And, it, and as soon as I set that intention, two incredible Italians appeared literally crossing my path, like on the sidewalk. Amazing. And, for whatever, and I think I asked them like, hey, uh, excuse me, how do you spell something? And this was in Spanish. And then I could hear that they had a slight Italian accent. <laughs> and I thought, what do you know? And the rest is history. We ended up living together and building a strong friendship. And yeah, uh, that's super. So just being in their environment and I have an ear as a result, you know, of my upbringing that's trained to listen. This is also what makes me a really good coach is that I listen and I have to listen into the nuances of not only the timber of somebody's voice, but also the pauses, the inflections and all the things that sound, which is as unique as your fingerprint, your voice communicates. I like that uh, you use the uh, terminology affirmation. You, you said the intention out there. And since uh, many people tend to have these, uh, these goals that we all put down somehow in our minds, in our, in our journals, but we fail to create the daily repetition of affirmations. Can you share with us some of the things that you've accomplished maybe the audience can also take away on how do you set the intention? What is it that you do? Because obviously you use words like you're, you're a good listener, you, you listen to timber. Can you mm -hmm. expand on that, uh, Eugene? So first and foremost, this requires uh, you to pay attention to what's going on around you, to listen when others speak, but also to listen when you speak. And so it's kind of like for a little bit, you have a, a split mind. You, you are, are listening to, wait, what is the story that I'm telling to the world? And what does that uh, say about me? And more importantly, what does that say about my limits? That's important because whatever comes out of your mouth is born in your head in the form of inner dialogue, thoughts, and beliefs. Our subconscious mind. Exactly. Okay. And a lot of my work has to do with helping people so-called clean out the junk that's in their subconscious. And that just comes from a combination of upbringing and suggestions that happened all our lives and maybe traumas and, you know, crap that gets in the way. Sure. But people are really good at repetition. So they're really good at repeating what came before. So if somebody told you when you were growing up that, um, you know, uh, money is hard to make for whatever reason, that might just be a meme that like, just like a broken record you're playing in your head. So one of the processes, any, any place in your life where you feel like you're not having the breakthrough that you want to sit down and first identify the area. Is it your love life? Is it your business world? Is it, uh, for example, more specific, like getting new clients? Is it different? Is it like the, com your community aspect? Is it health? Is it whatever it is? And then look at what do I believe about this? 
So you're right. I believe that dot, 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 and just start to fill in the blanks. And over time, what you'll see is uh, statements. I believe this about the world. I believe this about that X, Y, and Z. And anytime you see a funky belief, like something that's like, hey, money doesn't grow on trees. Like, yeah, that's true. But begin to ask yourself, is that fully and totally true? And what else does that mean? So the the point is that I'm always looking at what I believe about the world. I'm looking at the thoughts that I say in my head. For three months, one time, while working with a coach, I, three times a day, with an alarm clock, every time the clock would ding, I would write down my internal dialogue. Hmm, interesting. And the, feed, the feedback that I got was that it was nasty. Wow. It was it just sucked. It was mean. It was nasty, and that's just, that was the crap that was like circulating my head. So, you do you still do this uh, r- uh, habit routine today? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, that like if I continued to do it any longer, it, it like it was <laughs> self mutilation. <laughs> <laughs> However, what it did show, what it did create in me was a more uh, was more attention to my thoughts. So it's it's kind of now I feel more distant from the things that are circulating in my head. And as soon as I progress down a so-called like thought, uh, like a thought avenue, a thought train, as soon as I'm on that train for too long, I say, wait, maybe it's time to get off. Mm. Could this be true? Or a, a simple thing, even Ray Dalio talks about this, is how do I know that this is true? Wait, is that really the case? What evidence do I have for that? And then you begin to investigate and to indulge yourself into the information and really siphon out the uh, and value the the information in order to move you forward to grow to the next level. So that's the in depth way. But for the listeners, a simpler way and a more accessible way. Keep it simple. Yeah, let's keep it simple. Keep it simple. (laughs) Go online, Google affirmations. Click on a site that offers a list of affirmations and copy-paste the ones that are interesting for you in your own document. Thereafter, take your phone, push um, sound recorder, and reread the affirmations that make the most sense to you. And then listen to those on repeat. The added benefit of doing that is multifold. The first is you're researching, so that tells your conscious mind, hey, I'm putting effort towards this, it must be important. Another benefit is that you're organizing that information in a way that your brain starts to remember it. Third, and perhaps most importantly, the fact that you hear this and it's in your own voice, your brain doesn't reject it. Your brain's like, hey, I I, I recognize that voice, that must be true. So it begins to, in a much faster way, replace the gunk that's in your head. Uh, so, the the fact that you're using you're using today's media is social media, or, or again, our smartphones. How about those who do not use smartphones? They have a journal. Do you still believe in journaling? And have it. I have journaled every day, and sometimes multiple times per day for the last fifteen years. I can't fall asleep without journaling. Everything that's in my head needs to come out. And the process of it going from my brain through my arm and onto a a paper, or in the case I'm even typing it on my phone, the way I relate to those things that happen throughout the day change. And as a result, my relationship to those things shifts towards the positive. 
I literally get distance from something that was in my head to now I'm seeing it like, I don't know, a foot and a half away on my computer screen. Uh I'm already, I already feel, I already feel the ability to observe, to analyze, to evaluate, and if needed, change. Yeah. And I have to agree with you because I've been start journaling in the last couple of, uh, I'm going to say the last couple of five years now, and I don't do it every day, but I, I, the more I do it, the more I feel I feel more calmness. Like you said, it goes from the mind to the arm to the instrument that you're writing, if it's a pen or pencil, or to typing mm-hmm. it in. And when you go back to read that, um, that journaling of that day or that moment, you start reflecting about how did I feel and it's, for me, it's been a, a very good tool. And I would suggest even to my clients and to my uh, uh, group of uh, training uh, partners that we have to really use the instrument, the old school instrument of writing. And, and we're forgetting about that. And we're, we're doing a lot of, again, doing technology. And technology is another avenue for us to move forward. But the old way of just writing down, sitting down, and giving us peace. Brain dump. Get it out of your head, yeah. onto paper, feel differently yeah, about it. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. Well, I love this uh, this discussion, our conversation here today, Eugene. I mean, you're really uh, bringing some good uh, value to our listeners, and and hopefully they can uh, continue on uh, finding you on the social media, which we'll, we'll share with you uh, with them momentarily. But uh, I'd like to ask you this question here because uh, you come across very grounded, very uh, calma, as you say in uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Italian. Con <laughs> piacere. What would you say your breakthrough goal, your breakthrough goal to leave behind in the next, uh, let's say, the next year or two? So, I mean, because uh, I, I see that you're going in a, a whole new direction from six, seven years ago to today and tomorrow. What, what's one of your breakthrough goals that you want to leave behind for someone to really make a, an impact? If I were to fast forward to the end of my life, what I imagine being the end of my life, it's called the so-called rocking chair test. Oh. And you imagine yourself, let's say, 100 years old. You're looking out of that window on the horizon. The grass is barren. There's one lone tree on the horizon. You're just rocking back and forth, <laughs> thinking about life. Right. And you begin to recount your greatest successes. Failures, but successes. I think that my greatest contribution, which hasn't yet happened to society, has to do with me writing a screenplay that talks on the human condition. Now, it's, I, I, I've, been, I've been sitting on this for 10 years, hmm. and I'm now getting into the motions and working with an editor and beginning to piece together something that petrifies me, but it, because it goes so deep. I feel that it's, not, it's, it's a work of my soul. And just to, to give you an orientation of what, what it kind of please, please it, it pulls together, for example, the movie Crash, which touches multiple topics in a very human way and has the psychological stuff of the movie The Butterfly Effect. And From the caterpillar, the caterpillar to the butterfly? Is that well, what you're... The, the Butterfly Effect, that movie uh, came out, I don't know, 20 years ago. It talks about this idea that what if you could go back and change your past? And so I, I do this today with belief change and, and hypnosis and regression and so forth. But like on a, on a fundamental level, like it's this idea that something as simple as a butterfly, the flutter of a butterfly could change the entire direction of your life. 
I like that idea because it puts you back. It, it does a couple of things. It puts you back like in the driver's seat of your life. And it also keeps you open to the numerous possibilities that are always available. So to, to bring it full circle, sure. um, I, I believe that I have to birth this, this screenplay. And I, I, you know, to somebody who hasn't seen it yet and to, to all the naysayers, it may sound crazy, <laughs> but it's something so, I feel it so deeply that I will either with blood, sweat and tears or till my last day push to get this out. I love it. I, I, I see and I hear the excitement through your, through your tone of voice, Eugene. I mean, the screenplay, the rocking chair test. I like that. I like that whole <laughs> analogy. And then when, when you said that, I could just picture myself saying, I'm 101 years old and rocking chair and the whole horizon and seeing that tree, the Joshua tree, that soul tree out there. Exactly. Oh, wow. You know what? I love to uh, uh, be around and continue to know you uh, when this happens. So 10 years, but you said something interesting. I picked down and wrote down fear. Mm-hmm. What is it about the fear? And, uh, and we hear all different types of acronyms about fear, right? Fear, yeah. uh, false evidence, appearing real. What is it about the fear factor that we all can learn from? Because again, fear it creates failure, but failure creates also success. So what is it about your fear in your own words? Well, I look at this in, in a number of different ways. The first is fear on a somatic level, like it pulsing through your body. In that way, fear is literally the energy for life. It's literally like the thing that pulses through you uh, to get you to move in the direction either towards something that scares you or away from something that's just scary. I'm going to pause for a second right there. You just remind me, is it all the instinctive old, uh, our habitual learning from the past 10,000 years ago about fight or flight? Is that still programmed in our own DNA? Because people say that. Other yes. scholars say that. So I say the short answer is yes, and I make one more distinction. Back on the, let's say, the, the savanna, when we were running from uh, large jungle cats, fear was evolutionarily programmed to get you to survive. But it was a two-minute experience. The, the lion attacks you, you ran, you climbed the tree. If you got up the tree, you didn't die that day. And then the lion went off. It was like something that happened in under, under two minutes. Sure. But what's different about society today and about like our modern fear is that we have long fear. That was short fear, it was two minutes. But we have the ability to take like a, a, an experience and then replay it in our head in perpetuity, which our body responds to in the same way. So long, what long fear has taught me is that there's a lesson there, there's a learning, there's something that wants to move me towards life, but that maybe I, for cognitive reasons, for like that inner dialogue, right. wasn't ready to do. But fear is always there for your best purpose for your best for your next step and so what's changed over let's say the last five years is that now anytime i begin to feel like that that oh the tightening of the chest the the throat constricting the uh, the, the 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 gentle sweat appearing on the edge of my skin etc i'm like oh pay attention fear wants me to pay attention because there's some good stuff here mm. interesting yeah and, yeah and those are the uh 
little uh, uh, flags to, to be raised up and say, okay, be aware. But we're so desensitized with everything that goes on in our world every day by being so occupied. How did you, again, I think. Break you, the loop? Yeah, correct. I look at everything in uh, everything that's not inside of me. So everything external can be a distraction, whether it's my smartphone to somebody else's uh, conversation to uh, the thing I ate for dinner yesterday, like whatever, whatever is not here in this moment, what I'm feeling in my body, that's attuned to something as simple as my breath, my eyes, and what's going on right here, right now is distraction. So distraction wants to take me away from my center. And to put it into a martial arts context, mm. uh, I, I think there's there's an old story that is something about like the 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 student goes to the, the grandmaster and says, "Grandmaster, I see you, and like you, you're uh, like I don't know what to do, but I'll never be as good as you. Like you're always." Uh, uh, I clearly don't remember all the details well, but it's it's something to the pitch of the story is just that the grandmaster says, "Dear student, the only difference between you and I is," and then right before that he says, "Well, we base we both face challenges, so the only difference is that I come back to my center faster." Ooh. And I like that idea. Yes, everything's always trying to pull me away from my center. Phone, the phone just rang for you. It wanted to pull you away. But in that moment, what did you do in your mind? What did you do in your body? How did you bring yourself back to your centered, attentive self? And I think if you can do that, you can show up to any business meeting. You can get any sale. You can have any – you win. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it that you, you pulled in the example of the phone ringing here in my studio. Um, that uh, It really did. I, I, I didn't – I didn't let it bother me. I, okay, well, let me just turn off, turn off, and we continue on our our conversation. So, great example, great uh, great insight on that, uh, Eugene. Eugene, I wish I could, we could spend hours and hours and hours uh, together here, but uh, <laughs> uh, time is uh, getting a little short here. I want to just uh, kind of wrap up our our interview here, but I have to say, uh, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show, and uh, I really think that uh, the audience out there, my audience, will uh, gravitate and really uh, be inspired and be thoughtful. Give some thought today. Maybe start to start to journalize. Start to really listen to themselves and really uh, get more in tuned in their uh, affirmations and goals and and their life's purpose. So before we conclude this uh, uh, our show here, I'd like to ask the, uh, a couple of things. What book or books would you recommend to the audience, or maybe a, a book that you have right now that you're reading, or a book or two that you could uh, recommend? Yeah. Even, for, even for me also as well. So. Um. For for fiction, I would say The Confederacy of Dunces. It's by uh, Kennedy O'Toole, John Kennedy O'Toole. He took his life, but wrote perhaps one of the most compelling, character-rich journeys of a protagonist who goes through all the chapters of hell in life mm -hmm. and is still charming. And it's a, anyway, I related deeply to this, like, to this to that character i i think most people will too so that's that's fiction for nonfiction. i think the art of learning by josh waitskin okay. he's the former chess champion of the world um brilliant guy really deep on point incredible ideas 
Uh, I think also I'm, I'm reading right now the Emperor's Handbook, which is Marcus Aurelius, a former Roman emperor. It, it's his meditations. So they're the things he thought about when he wasn't uh, defending the empire mm -hmm. and uh, dealing with sabotage in the in, um I love it. Yeah. I love it. Out of all my guests so far on the show, um, your book recommendations are way different than other guests. <laughs> so yeah. very deep here. I look forward to uh, also to pick up these three books, especially the one with the, uh, the emperor with the Marcus Aurelius and uh, John Kennedy O'Toole. I think yeah. that one there uh, sounds very intriguing. So, so Eugene, um, what last comments or inspiring encouragements that you want to leave behind, and then, then of course, share where the audience can find you and uh, find you in the uh, world of the social media out there. Well, I, I think that people who are trying to do, I, I think fundamentally, we all want to do better. Oftentimes, we just don't know how, and from having struggled through this for a long time myself, I think that the, the how is always simpler than we might expect. And to summarize what I've learned over this, these years, it's just how real can you be? Can you tell the truth? Can you show up despite your humanness and that still be okay? And there are days where I wrestle with this too. But the realer you can be and the more comfortable that you can be in your own skin despite your yourself, despite your life, I think the more success you can have. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. And folks out there listening to Eugene Versalis, uh, the global wellness entrepreneur, giving us some really deep insights. I really, really enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed his uh, his insight and his journey uh, into this world of uh uh, of wellness and uh, again uh, you have to reach out to him so uh eugene can you tell us where the audience can find you yeah if you're looking for coaching work speaking consulting that kind of stuff eugenev.com e-u-g-e-n-e v is -E -E, in victor.com instagram is eugene.vasilis v-a-s-s-i-l-a-s and yeah, send me an email. Uh, alternatively, send me an email. Let's go from there. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. So, folks, uh, I will put these uh, these notes also on the show notes, and you can reach out to him. Please do so. And ask to please once again share this podcast, rate this podcast, and uh, review the podcast. And this might touch someone in your own family, in your own friends. So, folks. Eugene is a great, great person, human being, uh, making a difference in the world. Again, I love his analogy. Reflect 100 years from now in the rock and chair test. I love that. And yeah. uh, really be, be centered and find your true purpose and find your why. And Eugene, uh, once again, I want to thank you so, so much for being on my show, taking the time to be, uh, to be you and, and to share your, your wonderful words of wisdom. So thank you. I hope to... Uh, uh, meet with you in person sometime soon and uh, for those out there maybe uh, you could think about having a retreat here in the states somewhere maybe we could uh, it's on it's on the radar oh it's on the radar oh, you're that folks on the <laughs> radar uh, somewhere uh, uh, <laughs> I just have to say that Mykonos the number one tourist destination for Americans last year was Mykonos 
like outside in Europe, it was Mykonos. Okay. So just to put that on your ballpark. Okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't mention it earlier, but I, I spent a, a week, a week and a half in uh, Santorini and Crete uh, some time ago. And so I really yeah. love Greece as well. So, folks, you've been listening to the X Factors to Success podcast show with uh, Eugene Vercellos, our guest today. Uh, once again, please uh, reach out to him, send him an email, tell him that you listen to the show here, and uh, I'm sure he'll get back to you and give you some insights, and maybe you might go on his journey in June uh, of this year, 2019, in this uh, six-day retreat, uh, five nights, and uh, maybe I might uh, take a, a detour and join you there, Eugene. So uh, until next time, you can reach the X-Factors on www.xfactors2success.com on Facebook and on Instagram. Reach out to me as well. And those of you who may have some special author, friend who's inspiring, who has a word to say, please tell them to reach out to me. I'd love them to have on my show and really uh, bring them to the platform and uh, share the world uh, their stories. So, without further ado, as I always say, the G-Man, live with purpose, passion, and go make a difference in the world today. Eugene, have a great day, have a great week, and uh, see you soon. Thank you very much. Bye, everyone. Thank you.